Hello everybody, my name is Vasily, and I'll be the host of Big Bottles to Small Bottles, a healthcare-based podcast specifically highlighting how pharmacists contribute to patient care. I wanted to use this first episode to introduce a little bit about myself as well as the podcast. So I'll go ahead and start by introducing myself. Um, In terms of my pharmacy schooling, I attended uh, a university that offered an accelerated track. So I did two years of undergrad, followed by three years of pharmacy school. Now this accelerated track does have pros and cons. Some of the benefits being that, you know, obviously I finished schooling in five years, as opposed to the traditional track, which takes around seven to eight years. And of course, when you save time in school, you save time on tuition payments and you have extra working years. So you're making more money as well. In terms of cons, however, uh, you really do sacrifice, I believe, a lot of that undergrad experience, which I will talk about in just a few minutes. You know, you really only have two years of undergrad. I did not get a degree. I just completed prerequisite courses to make it into pharmacy school. And as a result, I feel like I probably missed out on some unique college experiences that you can't get as an adult in the uh, working world. So diving in a little bit more to my undergrad, uh, the accelerated track was a guaranteed seat program, which means as long as you met a GPA cutoff in your math and science courses, as well as a cumulative GPA, I think you needed a cumulative GPA of 3.0, which is all Bs, and a math science GPA of at least 2.7, which was all B minuses. You were guaranteed to have an interview and a writing sample with the School of Pharmacy upon your track completion. So if you had two years of undergrad, after two years, if you met the GPA requirements, you interviewed and had the writing sample. If you were a three-year accelerated track uh, student, after three years, as long as you met the GPA requirements, you were offered an interview and a writing sample. The interview and the writing sample were fairly easy. They were not difficult questions that were offered. Um, So it was basically a guaranteed seat as long as you met the GPA requirements, which is very nice uh, for somebody coming right out of high school to basically be guaranteed a seat in a professional school, such as pharmacy. I tried to make the most of my undergrad time. Uh, Again, like I said, it was only two years, so I joined a social fraternity, not a pharmacy fraternity, as I knew I had three years in pharmacy school to really develop and strengthen my pharmacy network. So I joined a social fraternity where I was able to mingle with you know, my friends and eventually meet my friends that were pursuing other degrees, engineering, business. And when you notice people that are taking a traditional four year to a bachelor degree track, you notice that you do really miss out on a lot being part of an accelerated track. But you also have, a, like I said, a few benefits where You know, you don't really have to worry about doing a senior project or having very difficult junior and senior year classes because, again, you're just taking prerequisite, which is your gen bio, gen chem, ochem, as well as uh, microbiology and pathophysiology to make it into pharmacy school. And, you know, I really did spend the most of my undergrad time trying to really live the college experience. I wasn't super heavily involved in pharmacy My idea of a pharmacist was someone who works at Walgreens, and I was perfectly happy to be a Walgreens pharmacist as a freshman and a sophomore 
in undergrad. I also really didn't take that many leadership positions. You know, I had some small positions in my fraternity, but again, I was only going to be a part of that fraternity for two years. So I, you know, never really had a shot to run for president or vice president or any other executive board members. And actually, I was so uninvolved in pharmacy that I struggled to get a pharmacist letter of recommendation. So I didn't know when I entered undergrad, but you had to meet the math science GPA minimum the cumulative GPA minimum. You had to pass your interview and pass the writing sample, and you needed a letter from just one pharmacist that, to vouch for you, basically, that you were going to be a competent pharmacy student. And throughout my whole undergrad time, I only shadowed one pharmacist one day at Walgreens. Um, and thankfully, he was able to write. I had to track him down because I shadowed him as like a freshman. And... I didn't have to come up with this letter of recommendation until like halfway through my sophomore year. So I had to track that pharmacist down uh, and he was able to write me a letter. But it definitely was a nerve wracking time when I learned I had to have a pharmacist recommend me because I really didn't have any pharmacists that I was that close with. After undergrad and starting pharmacy school, I definitely became much more involved. During undergrad, I think I had heard the word residency thrown around maybe like two or three times, um, and I really wasn't set on being a resident or who wants to work in a hospital or who wants to be a clinical pharmacist. Um, like I said, in undergrad, I just wanted to be a Walgreens pharmacist and make my money and go home for the day. But it, thankfully, one of the uh, people I met through my social fraternity, and he actually became my big brother. Uh, was one year ahead of me in pharmacy school. So he had already completed his first year of pharmacy school right when I was starting pharmacy school. We lived together, and he really mentored me a lot my first year. And he emphasized the importance of, you know, trying to get a residency at least. And pretty much from day one of pharmacy school, my goal was to get a residency. I didn't know for sure that I wanted to do a residency, but I wanted to set myself up to have the option of having a residency. I also became very passionate about managed care in my uh, residency pursuit. I did the P&T competition in pharmacy school, which was a great learning experience. If anybody out there is in pharmacy school, I highly recommend uh, doing the P&T competition. You can learn a lot about critically analyzing medical literature. Additionally, I was able to work two jobs, both outpatient jobs, um, and actually by working these jobs, I was able to pay for all of my living expenses, uh, rent, groceries, and I had beer money on the side as well. So I think, and, and then lastly, in addition to having those two jobs, the very first week of pharmacy school, they highlight all of these different organizations and committees you can join. I immediately signed up and joined two committees. So it was really a 180 switch from me in undergrad not being involved, not seeking leadership positions. And then when I got to pharmacy school, everything kind of clicked. I had my big tell me that you need leadership positions to get a, a residency. So I really pursued those leadership positions. And I was able to, you know, obtain some as well. But I really didn't know what being a clinical pharmacist was until I got to my appy rotations. And my very first appy rotation, I remember my student coordinator, my rotation coordinator was like, you know, Vasily, 
Uh, I see that you have pretty decent grades. You know, we do have one site that offers an internal medicine rotation first. It sets you up really well for residency if that's what you're going to pursue, but it's a very difficult rotation. And so I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to have a very difficult rotation first, you know, because Appy rotations are six, six week rotations for the whole year for my school, at least. And, you know, if you have a very difficult first rotation and you get crushed like the rest of your year could be seemingly very difficult. But after thinking about it and of course talking about it with my big, I uh, decided to try this very difficult internal medicine APU rotation and I actually realized that I loved it. And so that just further, that's what really cemented in me that I was going to pursue an acute care residency was that one APU rotation. Of course, the rotations I had after further you know, reinvigorated my passion for clinical pharmacy. And it was because I had set my day one goal of getting a residency that I was in a position to have a good application. You know, I had everything that I needed to have to be a good applicant. I had work experience, leadership experience, clinical experience. And so I was fairly confident going into residency interviews my last year of pharmacy school, and I ended up matching at the same program that I did my internal medicine rotation at. And this residency is notorious for being a challenging, acute care, inpatient-focused residency. Pretty much every, or every rotation was in the acute care setting. We had internal medicine, transitions of care, which was basically a second internal medicine, ICU, trauma, emergency medicine, infectious disease were all required rotations. And then we also had, you know, different electives you could take such as cardiology, endocrinology, rounding with the neurologist, which were all the electives I chose to pursue as well as palliative care. And you could opt to go in and look at an HIV clinic, which I'm not very interested in HIV, so I passed on that experience. But I had 12 clinical rotations as a resident in a variety of different clinical fields, and I feel that helped me be very well-rounded. After my first year of residency, I really didn't have anything that I absolutely loved in terms of wanting to pursue a second year residency to specialize in something like intensive care, emergency medicine, oncology. So post-residency, I just decided to look for a job to get hired as a staff pharmacist, and I was hired at the place that I did my residency at, which was also the place that I did my internal medicine appy rotation at. So it was kind of, and I only was offered to do that because I had good grades from my, and my student coordinator, you know, specifically selected me and one other student to go to this rotation site. So I definitely will say there's, there was a good amount of luck involved. Um, but a lot of preparation to be able to seize opportunities that were given to me. And currently at this hospital, I work in the main pharmacy. I will staff clinical shifts up on the floors where we, you know, do all of the pharmacokinetics, vancomycin, aminoglycosides, we'll dose warfarins. We manage the TPNs for the floor patients. We round with a teaching team, so we round with the physicians on a team of patients. Um, and then we also review all of our floor patients for, you know, any opportunities to improve um, pharmaceutical care. I also am occasionally offered the opportunity to work in specialty areas such as the emergency department and the intensive care unit. 
and I absolutely enjoy working in the emergency department because it's so exciting. Everything is very fast paced. Uh, the pharmacists are very involved in the patient care in the emergency department, which will hopefully be, hopefully be covered in a future episode. So that's a little bit about myself. And now I want to talk a little bit about the podcast. So the podcast title is Big Bottles to Small Bottles. And the reason that I chose this as the podcast title is because one of my professors in pharmacy school was saying, you know, historically pharmacists have just been people who repackage medicines and dispense medicines. You receive a prescription and you dispense it. And really all you do is we buy medicine in thousand pill bottles and we get a prescription for 30 pills and we'll count out 30 pills and we'll put it in a small bottle and give it to the patient. And I feel that's how the public views pharmacy, which is really not the case for, you know, 90% of pharmacy jobs outside of the retail setting. So with this podcast, I want to specifically highlight how pharmacists contribute to patient care as our healthcare system continues to evolve. My goal is to interview a bunch of different pharmacists from a variety of backgrounds. Hopefully we can have some industry pharmacists on board, different clinical specialists, uh, definitely my co-residents so that we can share our residency experiences. And this will be a podcast that's built for everyone. You know, if you're a current practicing pharmacist and you want new ideas, I definitely think new ideas of how to practice and how to make the most of our skill set will definitely be discussed. If you are interested in pharmacy or pharmacy or you're in pharmacy school as a pharmacy student, I hope that you'll be able to find good examples of different career paths uh, that you could potentially pursue. And if you're someone for the general public uh, who is primarily, you know, I've, I'm really hoping that people from the general public will listen to this podcast. I hope that you guys can see how much pharmacists do to, you know, provide care for patients every day. You know, typically when you think of a healthcare worker, you think of a, a doctor or a nurse and pharmacists aren't often mentioned as kind of like a frontline healthcare worker, but we definitely are there. We're definitely at the bedside and we're definitely making an impact in patient care. So without further ado, thank you for listening to this first episode and I'll hope to see you guys again shortly. Thank you.